are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, for today's show, we got Ulysses Sombrano of Lockdown Rays on the podcast today to help break down the Jordan Luplo trade. I think I've been saying Luplo. Apparently, it might not be correct. So, sorry about that. We're also going to be talking a little bit about the Rays offseason as well. So, it's going to be a jam-packed pod as always. But, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I got to say that before we get into the pod because I would not be doing the podcast without you. You, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I can do this podcast for you. Thank you. But now, let's jump right into the podcast with Ulysses Sombrano of Lockdown Rays. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast, and now let's bring Ulysses Sombrano of Locked on Rays on the pod. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me back on. Yeah, no worries. We had to bring you back on, talk about that Jordan Luplo trade. We're talking a little bit before we start this. Uh, We both feel like it might not be, you know, it's not really a major move. But for this D-backs team, it it probably is a major move. So I figured we'll bring you on and talk about today because I need your perspective on it. I need your insightfulness on this kind of trade because Jordan Luplo, I'll be honest, not I've heard the name, but it's not like I've been following this guy, you know, heavily as an NL West player. uh, team reporter not like i've been following jordan luplo's career too closely so just overall when you think of jordan luplo what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about his time in tampa bay what do you think of when you think of jordan luplo well i i gotta tell you i i felt the same way that you're speaking about jordan <laughs> exactly when the rays acquired him i was like yeah i've heard about the name but i have no clue what to expect and after seeing what he did for the race, um, taking out what happened with Cleveland, he was a nice surprise. He was a nice surprise. And he came in as, hey, an outfield piece that can hopefully uh, give this team a, 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 a lefty masher. Uh, it didn't end up working that way. He actually did very well against righties, batting over 300 with an uh, over 900 OPS. But he he did help the team and he was versatile enough uh, that he bought in and started playing first base, which he had never done in professional baseball. That's kind of like the raise way, right? Oh, you've never done this thing before. Do it and, and, and go nuts. So that's what Jordan did. So there's buy-in from him. Uh, there, there's camaraderie 
And of course, if you ask me the first thing I got to think about Jordan Luplo, <laughs> it's got to be that uh, game two grand slam against Chris Sale at the Trop. Is it Luplo and not Luplo? I guess I've been saying his name wrong this whole time. I got to get used <laughs> to saying Luplo. <laughs> you can say Luplo or Luplo, I guess. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, the, the his splits have been interesting because looking at his whole career, this has been a guy that probably when Tampa Bay acquired him, they thought he was going to be a dude right, right-handed batter that does better against lefties. That's been his strong point throughout his career being that cross matchup kind of guy, very good against the lefties as a righty and not very good against righties as a right-handed batter, of course. But in 2021, that changed these reverse his splits reversed. And he was actually better against righties as a right-handed batter, as opposed to that cross matchup. And I just find that interesting. And when you look at his time in Tampa Bay, did you see anything differently in 2021 as opposed to the last couple of seasons as to why he might have been better against those righties? Like, were, were pitchers pitching him differently? Like, how, how does that happen where your whole career you're doing it one way and then all of a sudden your number just kind of flip like that? You know, I, I guess it, it has to do with lineup protection. I think we, we've talked about that multiple times with how that 2021 race lineup was constructed. It was the deepest that, that, that had ever been. In the in franchise so since ninety eight, I mean, this was the the best lineup ever. I think when you have people around you like Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau, Nelson Cruz, Wander Franco, Randy Rosarena, and you're stuck right in the middle of all these guys, you might get better pitches to hit because when they look down at those jersey numbers and then they see Luplo or uh, or, or or however, <laughs> just say Jordan. When they see yeah. Jordan in the middle of it. They might say, well, you know what? I'm going to take my chances with him rather than Cruz, Rosarena, Franco, Metas, Lau. So I think there's something to do with the team that he got, uh, you know, playing time in, in, in the second half. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm looking at it. He didn't spend a ton of time in Tampa Bay, only about 25 games. So I wonder if it is just a small sample size thing, like you said, maybe because of the team he has around him pitchers that have pitched to him differently and just the way he had to approach the game was different because of the talent he had around him as opposed to the talent he had on around him in Cleveland the right. last couple of years the now Guardians former Indians so uh, it is interesting to see I wonder if this guy can be a full-time player I'm not sure if the D-backs want to give him a full-time opportunity considering he's never cracked 300 plate appearances I think in a given season but we'll see uh, but I just want to know when you look at him, did you see anything? Did he flash enough for you to maybe think this guy should be handling a larger role? Did you see anything offensively? Was he cracked at all of that he was cracked up to be or rumored to be when he when he was acquired by Tampa Bay? I think he again, you you will feel that he's a nice surprise. It's not like anything is going mm. to be wowing you, but he just does the the little things right. Uh, and you appreciate that when you're a fan uh, of a team that, you know, yeah, you might like the guy with no chrome. Joe Madden used to say that, you know, Ben Zobris has no chrome. What he meant by that is he won't do the highlight real catches. But the routine ones, he will always make them. That's kind of like Jordan Luplo. Like uh, he just has no chrome, but mm. that's not a bad thing. You want guys that you're just going to put in the lineup and they're going to do their thing. They're, they're just pure, pure baseball guys. And I think the fact that that he also said yes to Kevin Cash and company saying, yeah, I can I can deal with first base. That That's no problem. Put me on there. I've never done that before, but I'm game. I think that speaks to his character and, and and speaks to the work ethic. And ultimately, he did get used uh, at first 
quite a few times. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast. Yeah, that's interesting that he got moved the first kind of later later in his career because that's a tough transition to make all of a sudden be an outfielder and now move over to first base. It's not too easy. Uh, Kyle Schwarber kind of right. did it this past season as well when he moved over to the Red Sox because it was the kind of a hole that they had on their team. And he was like, all right, I'll move over to first as well. I wonder if the D-backs are kind of requiring him to be more of a first baseman than an outfielder, actually, because right now when I look at the first base for the D-backs, they got Christian Walker, who's a righty, but he dealt with a lot of injuries this past season. He didn't look as good as at the play, and that could have been because of injuries. You got Paven Smith, a first-rounder a few years ago, but he hasn't really put it together on the offensive side of the ball just yet. And defensively, uh, he's still a work in progress, so I'm not really sure the D-backs are too high on him either. So I'm wondering if the D-backs want to do a little platoon situation where we can have Jordan Luplo, Luplo, we'll just call him Jordan, like we said. There you go. <laughs> yeah, put him at first base, maybe put him in the corner outfield and just kind of have him playing all over. So I do like the fact that he's easy. He's an easy person uh, to, to just fit on a team. He's malleable. Yes. And also, like you said, he just seems like a glue guy. And those guys are important in terms of trying to build a culture and trying to build a successful team. You got to have that that kind of guys that have been six, at least in successful teams the, mm-hmm. the, the Guardians were a, a few years back. Uh, the, the race were this offseason, uh, this season with him on it. It would be nice to inject some of that to this young Diamondbacks team that hasn't maybe had the, the success that they want lately. So that's that's never a bad thing. And number two, let's go back to the injury, the ankle injury. Uh, that also could be a, a factor into him saying, you know what, maybe the outfield is not where I'm supposed to be. And, and maybe first base is a little bit easier on the ankle than, than patrolling uh, one of the corner uh, outfield spots. So maybe if the D-backs need a platoon guy from the right side, maybe Luplo is the answer. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how the D-backs deploy him, but I think they also kind of want his career numbers to get back to where they were normally, not where they were in 2021, because right now they are just loaded with left-handed bats throughout their lineup, especially in the outfield. So we'll see how Jordan Luplo's career changes. Uh, Again, it's not a a needle mover of a deal, but it, it is. It is, a, I guess it moves the needle a little bit, but it's not going to make or break the Diamondback season next year, this Jordan Luplo trade. It's going to be a trade where he's a glue guy and he can be a part of a foundation, but he's not exactly a core piece. He's one of those ancillary players that every team needs to build a competitive playoff team. You know, hopefully in the future, maybe the D-backs will be in the wild card race one day. But I actually want to change the conversation a little bit and Flip it back on you, actually, because I actually just want to talk a little bit about the Rays offseason really quick and just give myself a little fresher, maybe give the D-backs fans a little, you know, fresher, too, because I'm not too sure what the Rays offseason plan is. This is a team that's coming off their best season in franchise history, but kind of came up short in the playoffs. When you look at expectations going into that Red Sox series, I think everyone thought they were going to blow the doors off the Red Sox and uh, the reverse might have been true. So. Going into this offseason, 
what what was the Rays' plan? What did they want to do? We've already seen them sign Corey Kluber. What do you expect the Rays to do this offseason? They did two of the things. Actually, they did three of the things that you want to see as a Rays fan, and it's only November 30th. Number one, sign a veteran starter that could curb some innings on that young staff that everybody saw on, on, on the national stage. The two Shanes, Drew Rasmussen and Luis Patino, give a veteran back end of the rotation guy that can curb some innings and can give that bulldog presence to them. That's Corey Kluber. Boom. Mm -hmm. Check. They've done that. Number two, get a a piece for the bullpen because bullpens are volatile. You need a guy that you can hand the ball at the end of the game to get those last three outs or a high leverage situation in the seventh inning. What did they do? They got Brooks Raley from the Houston Astros. Well, he played with the Houston Astros uh, he was a free agent, so they got Brooks a couple days ago. And the third thing that every race fan wanted was lock Wander Franco up. Mm-hmm. Get that guy a fat contract stat. And the Rays came through like they have never done before in franchise history. An 11-year, $182 million deal. It could be up to 223 million dollars for a guy who has played 70 games the largest uh, contract ever for a guy who has played the least amount of games in MLB yeah and the funny thing is about that contract I saw that even after it's up I believe the Mets are still going to be paying Bobby Bonilla their 1.2 million every July 1st which is just (laughs) hilarious I think all the dudes all the young guys who've signed the last two years like Tatis uh Wander Franco like the Mets are still going to be paying Bobby Bonilla I think I tweeted out today that the that Bobby Bonilla this past season made double what Vlad Guerrero Jr. made as the (laughs) runner-up in the MVP award so it's crazy that the Mets are still paying that guy but when you look at that Wander Franco deal, because I found it interesting and just kind of been a new trend. I'm not even sure if it's new. I have to go back and see the research on it. But over the last few years, we've seen these guys, these young guys who have started out like a you know, like a ball on fire. They start out really high. And before the age of even like 22, 23, they're already getting locked up to these 10-year deals before they even see arbitration or maybe one year of arbitration. And do you think this is a smart trend that's going on in baseball for both sides obviously if you're the Rays, you're like i get to lock up this dude for the next 10 years probably below market price if he hits his expectation level but at the same time if he doesn't hit that expectation level we got the short sample size maybe this ends up being an albatross contract considering it's a decade long and you look at wander franco like obviously i'm getting this money up front but maybe i could have made a hundred million more than what i just offered so i just want to ask you do you like this trend of these stars getting locked up earlier do you think eh, it's all right maybe we can wait through the third year of arbitration before we hand out these fat deals You'll hear Ulysses answer that question, but this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite video. Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts.
All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Man, that's a good question. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I, I understand both sides of it, but if I have to choose one, I have to go with Mr. Ray. What Evan mm-hmm. Longoria used to say: Never say no to your first fortune because it could be your last one. That's you true. could fall down the stairs, break uh, break your ankle, break your elbow, do whatever, and now you you're never going to get the bag. Take a look at at guys like. Um, Corey Kluber, for example, that the race just signed. He never got the bagging. He's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. Eduardo Rodriguez has made more money (laughs) than Corey Kluber. Does that seem fair? No, it doesn't seem fair. But Corey Kluber never signed a, 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 a contract early in his career. So for those that say, look, man, you're leaving money off the off the table, sure, that might be the case. But tell that to Corey Kluber right now. When he could have signed something, you know, kind of splashy, a la Erod, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think, in, in my viewpoint, yes, there might be a little bit of um, the Acuna deal, the Ozzy Albies, the, the the Franco. Maybe like, oh man, they might have let some money out there. But this, these guys are so young that by the time that this contract ends, what Wonder Franco is going to be 30, 31. I mean, that's that's still I mean, it's not prime prime, but it's not like he's going to be an old dude. He can still get another mini bag of 100 plus mil. So mm-hmm. at the end, he's going to be a three hundred fifty million dollar guy, even cl- maybe four hundred. I mean, that's that's not bad at all. Yeah, who knows? It could even be more than that, considering guys like Albert Pujols are like 30 years old and getting 10 year deals. And you're going to see some guys coming up. Freddie Freeman's going to get like a five year close to two hundred million dollar deal. So he can definitely re up again. I think if I was like a Wander Franco and I was like between the ages of 2022, I think I would want like a six, seven year mega contract and then try to re up again at the age of like 28, 29. I still have a little bit of prime left, but at least I'm on the right side of 30, which everyone needs. If I'm 29, then people don't mind giving me a 10-year deal yeah. if i'm 30 then it's like oh, i guess we gotta give this guy three years because he's gonna be washed <laughs> in the next right. two so so i think if i was like one of those young guys i would probably lean in that direction but you mentioned Corey kluber already a couple times i just want to know do you have any belief in this guy actually holding up over a full season and being a productive pitcher for you because he did seem to be a productive pitcher for the yankees last season but the same thing happened to him that happened last couple years where he just wasn't able to finish a full season and stay on the field so what are your expectation levels for Corey? Kluber entering next season. I can't tell you how how excited I am about the Corey Kluber signing because mm. the Rays were after him last year. They lost uh, uh, him against uh, for the Yankees when he signed. And who did the Rays get instead of Corey Kluber five days later? Chris Archer. Ooh, for six and a half million dollars. Uh, small trivia about the Tampa Bay Rays in 2021. How many innings do you think Chris Archer? Uh, pitched for the race in 2021 mm, i'm gonna guess 15 innings very close very good 19 and a third Ooh. for 6.5 million dollars so <laughs> when you tell me that michael Walker signed for seven million dollars for the red sox when you tell me that chris archer signed for six and a half million dollars and only gave 19 and a third to the race i look at Corey kluber pitching 80 of with a fit of 385 I'm all over that. I'm all over that because I'm not expecting Corey Kluber to be a 160 inning guy. I'm not expecting Corey Kluber to be a Cy Young candidate. What do I want Corey Kluber to be for the race? A mentor, 
for those four young guys. You got Shane McClanahan, Shane Boss, you got Luis Patino, Drew Rasmussen. They need somebody who's been there, done that. He can do that. And number two, curb innings for those young guys. So if he can just give you a replica of what, of what he gave the Yankees in 2021, 80 innings with a 3.9 ERA, a 3.8 FIP, those $8 million are going to be very well spent. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of that. If you're just expecting 80 innings, I can't disagree. That's a good bargain for Corey Kluber. So I guess I'm pro Corey Kluber in terms of that uh, reasoning for him, because look, he was still pretty solid last year. He was arguably their, I think he was their second best starter after yeah. Garrett Cole. And, you know, there could have been stretches where after that crackdown uh, with the sticky stuff there, he might have been their best starter because yeah. Garrett Cole struggled a little bit. And who knows? Maybe Corey yeah. Kluber <laughs> was a little bit on it, too. You never know. Most of these pitchers <laughs> yeah. probably were. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Shout out to Ulysses Zambrano for hopping on the pod today. Thank you to everyone for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. We'll be back for part two with Ulysses tomorrow, bringing down the entire offseason through the first week and ranking which teams off seasons we like the most. So it's going to be a jam packed pod tomorrow. So please come back for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces.